Running a business is hard work. I'm not going to pretend it isn't, and nor am I going to give you ways to change that. But how hard it can be can be in our hands. Now, that's not me telling you I'm going to show you how to make it a breeze, but I will give you some ideas on making it easier. So that's what I'm focusing on today. I want to give you ideas of areas to look at to make sure you aren't working harder than you actually need to be. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. So I'm diving straight in today. The first thing I want to share is when you follow advice, think about why that person is giving it to you and ask yourself if and how it applies to you. Here's a really simple but impactful example. On Instagram, you can't include links in your content, active links, at least not at the time that I'm recording this. And so your main option is to include one in your bio. But in the past, you could only include one link in your bio. So people started to use apps like Linktree, which allows you to share multiple URLs through one link. So it's one page with buttons that take people to different places that you choose. Loads of people were using it and after stumbling upon it and hearing advice from people, I started using it too. But then I noticed that my website wasn't getting as much traffic as before and when I thought about why it could be, I realised I had put a middleman in between my Instagram profile and my website because instead of taking people directly to my website, I had added an extra step. I questioned why I would use an external website instead of my own since I could actually replicate a Linktree page on my own website. It was the perfect example of just following ideas and what other people are doing without really thinking about whether it's right for you. Now, that's not to say that you should push back against all advice you're given. Questioning and analysing isn't the same as pushing back. I do think that when you choose to work with someone or take a course, whether it's free or paid, it's a good idea to place your trust in it and really give it a go. Otherwise, you never really find out whether the strategies being shared actually work or if the investment will truly pay off. But even in that situation, always try and understand the why, why you're being advised to do things in a certain way, just so that you can mould it to suit you. When I train and mentor business owners and even in this podcast, I do try and explain my thought processes and give you different ideas to make moulding things to suit you easier. But even if that wasn't the case, you can still analyse things independently. Now, the reason why this really helps is because things only work when they work. You could be putting loads of effort into, let's say, Instagram marketing. But if your target audience isn't there, or if your messaging isn't aligned with what makes them feel safe to buy, then all of that work you're putting in simply isn't going to yield results. And that's why it's important to analyse why you're doing things. The answers you get to that question will steer what you do and how you do it. And it will mean that your time is never wasted. You always have a clear intention and a way of monitoring whether your efforts are bringing in results. My second tip is to treat yourself like an employee who you're paying an hourly rate to. 
This really helped me shift my mindset from doing everything myself, even if it meant doing things the long way around, and feeling comfortable in investing in automation to speed things up or in team members to ease my workload. Thinking of yourself like an employee who you pay an hourly rate to helps you to really judge whether you're spending time on tasks that are worth it. Because if you were paying someone, you wouldn't delegate tasks that don't best use or suit their expertise. So this helps you make sure that you're spending your time where your expertise is needed and you can automate or delegate the rest or at least plan to if you don't have the budget right now. And the latter point is really important because you might not be at a stage where you can afford to spend more money on VAs or tech, but that doesn't mean you won't be in that position later. So if you at least have a plan, you can seamlessly transition into new ways of working later on. Something I have done is created an organisation chart for my business. So I've created a hierarchical chart of the different roles in my business as though they are different people. This helps me understand my core role and the supporting roles that help it run smoothly and continue growing. Although I'm still fulfilling a lot of roles that are on that chart, if my circumstances were to change or if I wanted to delegate more, I have a really structured way of organising that fast. I could, for instance, employ someone and have a clear definition of what their role entails and therefore what skills and experience I need to prioritise when recruiting. I could also use it to delegate specific tasks to my VAs. So thinking of yourself like an employee, specifically who you're paying an hourly rate to, will help you quickly find that you're working on things that don't really need you. And maybe you continue to do some of those things, but it's a really great chance to streamline them at the very least. My third tip is to consider that if you're feeling like you're spreading yourself thin, then you probably are. It's more effective to do a few things really well over doing loads of things half-heartedly. This has been a hard but valuable lesson for me to learn. The truth is, if you scroll through my podcast episodes, I weave through so many different topics. If you take a course with someone, they'll advise lots of different things that you need to have in place. So generally speaking, you probably have a lot of advice flying your way and you might be in a position where you think that you need lots of things to promote yourself effectively or to grow your business. If you're managing all these moving parts like a pro, then skip to my next tip. But if you're a bit overwhelmed or if you always seem to have something new to do, then this might be useful. Ultimately, with every aspect of your business, you want a strong core. So let's say that you're thinking about social media marketing. You want one core platform, which is where you're likely to get inquiries from your target audience. And you want to have a solid strategy for that. For tutors, that's often Facebook. I'm speaking very generically here. And then when you add other platforms to the mix, like Instagram or LinkedIn, these can be secondary platforms that support your core. So let's say you're struggling to stay on top of it all. You can actually just keep your core strong, in this example, Facebook, and you could pause on the others, knowing that pausing won't have a huge or adverse effect on your marketing results. Taking another example, let's say you're thinking about automating your processes. So things like onboarding new clients are smooth and slick. I'll be focusing on streamlining and automating towards the end of this episode. But when we think of just that core, you want to make sure you have a clean and simple process in place to start with. That could be something like sending a registration form to a new client, setting up a recurring invoice and sending them their welcome pack. I have a video on how I onboard clients and I've popped the link in the show notes. It's a free video. 
So that's nice and simple and you know that you can onboard new clients really smoothly right now. Once this is in place, then you can look at automating it. You're not under any pressure to get it all done or to get it perfect because your core process is already working well for you. So this concept really applies to most areas of our business. We can always improve aspects of our business. We can always add more bells and whistles. But sometimes trying to do it all from day one, we end up working so much harder than we need to because we're putting that pressure on ourselves. Now, my fourth tip is to ask yourself this question. Are you focusing on the how instead of the what? The best way I can explain what I mean by this is to give you an example of a conversation I had with a client in a recent one-to-one mentoring call. They were having a technical issue with their email marketing platform and they had contacted the company of that email marketing platform quite a few times. But they felt that the company hadn't been all that helpful and after hearing me recommend ConvertKit, they arrived to our session deciding they wanted me to help them get set up on ConvertKit. Now, moving to a new email marketing platform is a really big job and it would have been quite expensive for her because she would have needed to have paid for both platforms at the same time for that transition. So I actually managed to fix the problem she was having with her existing platform. But at first, she really wasn't keen on implementing that fix purely because she had pre-decided she wanted to move to ConvertKit. So here she was focusing on the how, not the what. The what was her ideal outcome, to not have any tech issues and for her email marketing platform to just work smoothly. The how was the bit that was stalling her progress. Now she did end up going for the quick fix, but initially she was delaying reaching that desired outcome purely because she had already decided on how she was going to get there. She wasn't open to any other routes. So the moral of this story is to be focused on outcomes, not being fixed on how you achieve them. And that way, you'll always be focusing on things that work efficiently and doing things that actually work. And my fifth tip is to look at what you can automate, streamline or delegate. This is actually what we're spending February in the Mastermind on. Now, I did touch on this very briefly earlier, and I have to say that it really has been one of the best things I have done and continue to do in my business. So a couple of weeks, I did release an episode about the tools that I rely on. And if you want an even more detailed episode, then scroll right down to episode six. So because of these episodes, I won't go into all the ways I automate my processes. But I will say that by doing this, I have released so much time. I often hear people being quite resistant to investing in automation. They often think that their business isn't big enough to do that yet, or they'll do it when they have more clients. But the thing is, it's never actually convenient to spend money on your business. For the last two years, I've been a member of some form of business membership. I actually recently switched to a new one. And when I first joined, I was really nervous about committing to a monthly fee. But I knew it would help me, so I did. And now I'm so used to spending that money in my business that I don't even notice it. And it's the same with what I invest in automation and on team members. And all this investment has really paid me back tenfold. The actions I've taken because of the training in this business membership has helped me make more sales and connect with more people. I could have achieved it alone, but it would have taken longer and a lot more trial and error. The time that I've released through automation and delegation has actually allowed me to spend my time learning and to grow my business. In fact, it was the reason I was even be able to set this second business up. And when you do look at delegating and automating, you naturally end up streamlining your processes because you kind of have to. 
So when you're automating, it forces you to be really logical because that's how tech thinks. And when you're delegating, you have to make your instructions crystal clear, which also forces you to make your processes as efficient and as simple as possible. So what do you think? In the spirit of not working harder than you need to, I'd suggest taking just one of these ideas and focusing on that before moving on to another. That way it isn't overwhelming and you can take real action that works. Thank you, as always, for spending your time with me. If you have a quick moment, I'd be very grateful if you could leave a review. And as always, you'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.